This just in, the 90s are back. Come relive the raddest decade with your friends at Local 636, Cozy Shop, and the Foundry Arts Center. We're all coming together to bring you a 90s party. On January 21st, we are going to party at the Foundry Arts Center from 5 to 11. This party is going to have everything. You're going to want to make sure to dust off those Doc Martens, break out your finest flannel shirt, make sure the batteries are fresh in the Walkman because we're going to have fun. We are turning the bottom floor of the foundry into half of a skating rink. We'll have skate rental available, or you can lace up your old skates and bring those with you. But we will have skate rental available. Um, all kinds of interactive art. We're going to have a dance floor, a DJ. Uh, the party is going to be emceed by none other than Joel Colby of Inimical Drive, uh, St. Charles Band. We're going to have 90s movies playing. We've got a 90s cover band called the Lone Rangers, who they're awesome. We're going to link all this stuff. Um, food and uh, 90s-themed food and beverages for sale at the event. We're going to have a ton of interactive art like splatter paint your own shirt. may end up with something like this. Um, DIY slap bracelets, DIY friendship bracelets, and a ton more. This is going to be like the 90s threw up at the Foundry Art Center, and we want you there. Uh, it's going to be a blast. We've got some sponsors for this event, so thanks to Crown Exteriors, thanks to Trudy Pagano Realtor, Court Schneider Realtor, the Cottleville Caddyshack, Let's Groove Studio, uh, Rise Realty, Promotions Pronto, Farmers Insurance, The Acres Agency, Community Living, La Belle V, Mike Elam, Midwest Bank Center, uh, Court Schneider, if I didn't say him already, you get an extra plug if I didn't, uh, and Jeff Loggy Homes. Thank you guys to our sponsors for bringing this free event. Um, we do want you to go online and register for it. There's a Facebook event. There's also Eventbrite. The tickets are free. We want you to go ahead and get tickets. Tell us if you're skating, uh, just so we know how many people can be there. We also have a brand new t-shirt design for this event that when you go to the Eventbrite link, you will be able to purchase that. There you go. So a little local 636 t-shirt with a 90s vibe. Um, you'll be able to pre-order that when you get your tickets. We will also have them for sale at the event. January 21st, 5 o'clock at the Foundry Arts Center. Can't wait to see you guys there. Hey, welcome in today. I'm joined by 636's own Joel Colby of Inimical Drive. We're here to talk about the new album, the new show, the new tour, and everything Inimical Drive. Thanks for coming in, man. Thanks for having me. This is e everything new except for Inimical Drive. <laughs> <laughs> the oldest local the band oldest. <laughs> ever. Now, this is take two. We did take one yeah. in the original version of, of the podcast. You know, I got a, uh, a theory why do it right the first time when you can do it again? No reason. That was practice. Yeah. Practice. Why, right. You know. All right. Pop question for you, because people want to know, people that haven't heard of Inimical Drive. Yeah. Describe Inimical Drive's music in three words. Mm. You know what I want to hear. Yeah. Heavy, not scary. Love it. That is my favorite <laughs> description of any band I've ever heard. And it applies to a lot of bands. Sure. But I've never heard anyone else say it. Yeah. So what? tell me what that means. I know uh, what that means, but. Yeah. Well. When you tell people, you know, anytime it's brought up, it's like the worst thing in the world. Oh, Joel's in a band. Because oh. you know what's coming. What kind of music is it? Yeah, right? <laughs> Unless you're amongst, you know, like when we talked about it, it was like, oh, wait a minute. You know this and this and this and that. Uh -huh. you know, to the average person, they think it's cool to tell somebody that you're doing music or you're in a band. It's not even that, you know, you're a musician or that you're doing music or it's you're in a band. So everybody's in a band. So it's like the worst question ever. However, 
the follow-ups are even worse than that, yeah. which is like, oh, what kind of music do you play? And, you know, when you're talking to, like, an attorney that's, uh, you know, been <laughs> <laughs> that your buddy knows that. So, you know, you're like, this is going to be long-winded, man. Yeah. Uh, so typically you would just be like, yeah, rock and roll. You sure. Know? But for the people that actually go, well, like, rock and, like, rock and roll, you know, and then you start to get into it and – you realize when you say metal band, people go, oh. Oh, yeah. And that's like... Uh, like Metallica? Yeah, like Metallica <laughs> or, you know, or they're thinking like Cannibal Corpse. Okay, you know? yeah. <laughs> and so yeah. there's there's so many degrees, right? We were never scary metal. We were never any of that. We just played heavy music. Yeah, you know? heavy, not scary, though. It's just, I don't know, it just rings. Heavy, I think not it... scary, wraps it up for a person like that. They go, oh. Okay. You know, and they might not actually know what I mean, but they know what I want them to know, to think, which yeah. is that, you know, yeah, it's just, you know, it's loud music. And that's usually followed up with like, oh, you do the screaming thing yeah. and all of that. And they go, yeah, yeah, there's some of that, you know, but there's there's rock and roll in there too. So. I think that's so clever. And of course, owning an apparel <laughs> company, I think that needs to go on your shirts. I just can't believe that's not on the yeah. shirt. Inimical yeah. drive, heavy, not scary. It's something that I think we coined way too late. You know, oh, really? That we went through a million of those conversations okay. before we decided, like, yeah. what's the easiest way to say this to yeah. get that across, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, and, you know, as you grow a network of people, you know, we know so many people that aren't involved in music that have helped us out along the way in, in various aspects that um, it's probably the easiest way for them, for to, them to explain it, it yeah. to somebody else. is like, yeah. well, they're, you know, they're like heavy music, but it's not scary. Yeah. <laughs> So you mentioned the length of time. So this is the 20th year for Inimical Drive. 20 years, man. So tell me about that. Tell me about the scene and how you started and how you've, really more importantly, how you've maintained. Because the last 20 years for musicians, it's not been easy, right? Yeah. Like. Yeah. No, it's not. No. So how, tell me about how you started. So to the easy way, and then I'll back up and, and go to that. But the easiest way to say that is ultimately we just didn't change the name. Okay. <laughs> you know, and because, that's how you kept going. Because when you know um, other musicians, uh, I have so many musician friends that have been musicians even longer than I have, right? But they've been in five or six different bands, or they've, you know, and they're still doing music, but, or maybe they're independent now, or they're a solo artist, or whatever it is. Uh, we just kept the same name. Let's you talk know? about the name. It, yeah. Inimical is inimical imi drive. Imi yeah, we said it wrong at first too, which tells you that we knew nothing about marketing. You've got a great uh, a great clip of you at a festival, which we'll talk about later. Of hey, say our band name. Yeah, and it's like four or five people in a row going inimical. Yeah, I didn't even think about it, but we should have done this here. We should we should oh, have been the first say. thing that yeah. I said. You know, Angel, can you say this name or what? What What's the first thing that you think of? You yeah, know? and that means that is a word, right? It is a word. Yeah. And it means uh, it means unstable, aggressive uh, to take the uh, um, unstable path. Okay, there's a lot. If you really, if you get the first meaning, it says unstable, aggressive. So there's like a Greek, there's a, yeah, yeah. There's like a whole thing that goes back to okay. um, inimical warrior and things like that. You know. So um, if you want to so, be a successful band now, you you just start and you don't change the name. Just don't change the name. <laughs> just well, don't. that's how you do it for twenty years. <laughs> yeah, I, like I said. So many people, if technically you say, how long have you been a musician? Well, forever, yeah. you know, way longer than that, you know? Did um, you, did you start out singing? Like, did you start out knowing you could sing and like, Hey, I want to be in a band because I can sing really well. How did that go down? So the whole start literally was as garage band as it comes. Okay. Loving music. Sure. You know, hanging out, going to shows, 
then discovering local shows um, was really a big thing that we were like, wait a minute. We didn't, I didn't even realize prior to going to like the side door. Oh yeah. You remember the mm-hmm. side door, right? Mm-hmm. We talked about that. Mm-hmm. Um, walking in there and being like, oh, these guys are all from like here yeah. and this happens and they pack out this place and they get to just go up and do whatever they want. And it was like, what is, ha-? you know? And so th- that's probably the very initial conversations. Uh, my, uh, our original bass player and still bass player, uh, the only bass player we've ever had, uh, Dan. It's a I, really weird way to say that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I got to thinking about it. I'm like, well, yeah, he's the only bass player we've ever had. Uh, Which is funny because that's usually the, the position that rotates out the most, right? You would say, right? Player. Yeah, yeah. We got the best one. We, okay. we have no reason. And you that, held on yeah, to him. Yeah, he's, he's the easiest and uh, he's also the best looking in the band. So, okay. We, you know, also, you can't, not, get rid of, you can't get rid of your best looking no. member. That's also a not, a, not a rock and roll standard. No, right? they definitely the ones, not. Yeah. No, people throw their bass players away all uh-huh. the time. Dan's Dan's a lifer. Okay. So. <laughs> uh, can we get Dan on the podcast? Yeah, I mean, what are we? Yeah, yeah. You're going to be, listen, when you see Dan, you're going to be like, why did we choose Joel? <laughs> uh, uh, so I've, I've known Dan for uh, years prior and going to shows and going to concerts and whatever. And I, I think that just kind of started the conversations. It was like, oh, man, this and that. And he played a little bit of guitar. Okay. And then... Um, a uh, good friend of mine, longtime friend, Brandon, uh, happens to call one day. Uh, I was the only one that had a house at that time, I think. And Like your uh, own house? My own house. Okay. And uh, he was like, uh, I need to store my drum set. I'm moving out, going into an apartment. I was like, I don't even think I knew you played drums. Did I? He was like a DJ at the time or something. I was like, did I? I didn't even know that. Did I? And that's all it took. A drum set showing up You got a bass player? A we, had a, well, we had a guitar player. He guitar was playing play, okay. guitar at the time. And then, uh, yeah, it was like, can we make noise with this? Like what? You know, and that's, you know, it's as garage band, nobody knew what we were doing. We didn't, we didn't know how to do it. You couldn't sing right off the bat. I mean, you know, I always kind of knew my dad was a singer and like, I always, you know, I was saying to myself, sure. You know, shower, but I never actually thought like, wait a minute, do I sing? I don't think it was ever a moment like that. It was when, uh, you know, we started talking about these things that was like, I don't know, I could probably do that. And then new metal was a big thing around then. Sure. And yeah, it was previous to that, but you know, the aggressive music was coming yeah. out. Limp Biscuit and Corn mm-hmm. and those bands started on the rise and was like, This is heavy. What is this? Pantera was already this is heavy and scary. Mass- yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. And watching like the shift I you know, my brother was always the metalhead and rocker in my family. And uh I remembered Pantera being like a hair band. You know, oh yeah, yeah. Their first like, two or three albums, yeah, right? And then all of yeah. a sudden, you know, when I'm into like some of the heavier music, there, this is a totally different thing. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm like, who does that? Mm-hmm. Like, what? Some of that stuff was too heavy for me at that time. Yeah, for like, sure. What? I'm not scared to admit In that. The what? You yeah. Know? And uh, that's a scary band. It, it was, was a, yeah, it is a heavy, heavy and scary and band. Scary. Yeah. And I, I remember being in like middle school and some like, I listened to Pantera and I'm like, I'm staying away from that kid. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know? And now I love, I mean, I love so those albums. A good example was Tool. Mm-hmm. You know, Tool was like also a little scary edgy and a little scary yeah. and like super artistic, but it didn't come across as that heavy right. to me. Right. right? So uh, I was into that. I was way into Tool. Um, God, that would have been junior high for me, probably mm-hmm. show my age a little bit. But uh, then as things got heavy and scary, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, uh, I don't, somewhere along the line, I realized singing to myself that I could scream. Okay. I was like, oh, 
can everybody do that? No. And then you learn that, no, no. everybody cannot do yeah. that. And I was like, is that a talent? <clears throat> no, it's, it's not a, a talent. I, it's just something that some people can figure out how to do and other people don't have it. I think it's a talent. I guess. Yeah. I, well, maybe that's because I can't do it. Well, no. it is. Because yeah. you do have to work at it. Sure. And you do have to You've got to take care of your voice. able to do it. Yeah. You've got you to know. practice at it. You've got warm-ups. Well, I didn't you do, do warm-ups. No, you do now. <laughs> yeah. You do vocal warm-ups yeah. now, right? Take a shot, drink a beer, scream a bunch. <laughs> a All right, bars. we're ready. Let's go. <laughs> That's how you make yourself sound scary, right? <laughs> no, but it is. It is. I shouldn't say that at all. There are some people that have it down to a science way more than me. You know, there's oh, yeah. a uh, consistent sound and technique to doing it. I've know? watched videos, not... Not that I have any aspirations, but I've watched videos on like how to scream and how to growl. Yeah. And there's different types yeah. of screams, different types of growls. I can't sure. do any of them, but yeah. it's interesting to the to the uh, the lay person or the the person that doesn't listen to heavy music. Yeah, it sounds like noise, right? It sounds like someone's just screaming. Yeah. But I'm sure for you too, you can tell the difference between this screamer, this screamer. Yeah, for what, sure. Even even as uh, as I listen to albums, if I know a singer's like cadence, how they say certain words, I can yeah. even understand the lyrics. Yeah, for and sure. people are like, how do you when understand When people, yeah, people are always like, oh, nobody can understand them. I'm like, yeah. I hear it clear uh -huh. as day. Yeah, same. When you know what it is for whatever reason. When you've heard them say yeah. those words before, know yeah. how they speak. Yeah. I, you know, so, so yeah, but with the introduction of all that, that's probably where the uh, heavy, not scary came from too. Because yeah. it was like, yeah, we were definitely, I don't know that we started that way. There was screaming. For sure, and it was kind of like the new metalish sound or whatever. Mm -hmm. And we got faster and heavier as we played more and a couple member changes and things, um, and kind of dominated that sound for ourselves. It was fast and it was heavy, and there were things that we were doing that nobody else was doing. They just didn't have a drummer that was playing as fast as us. And yeah, the screams. My voice has gotten drastically lower over the years, and uh, as that continued and the more we did the screams went from like mid-range to now i've got this really throaty thing that i can do as well so now there's this whole range oh yeah that i just automatically developed from yeah. just doing it right and uh it's so funny to even talk about it because i don't consider it a talent for myself it's so, it is cool know. there are people that it wish is. they could do that sure for sure for sure the more conversations i've had for the longest time i was like no don't don't do it. It's probably terrible. Don't just don't even. Why would you want to go down that road? Yeah. But you know it is, and it and it's a it huge probably part is of music, bad for so. your vo for your vocal cords and, and throat and voice. Do you Not do necessarily any? if you do it right. Oh, that's what I was going to ask. Okay. And then do you do any kind of like maintenance, like after shows, before shows? For you? sure. Okay. Now. Now. For sure. Okay. I didn't for the longest time. Yeah. Like I said, Garage Band amps loud as they go. Uh -huh. Drums fast as you can. Hit as hard as you can. Jump around. Don't worry about breathing. Just scream more if you can't hit the note. That yeah. was that was it for forever. That's well, I about think as... age reveals a lot of things, right? For like, sure. yeah. Oh, for now sure. I have to do this. To... Yeah. yeah. What, now what's the... it's uh, yeah, definitely warm ups, as much rehearsal, independent rehearsals, and then rehearsals together as we can get. Um, but prior to that, like even day of show, you won't see me anymore in the crowd prior to a show because the the talking is what wears me out. So really? everybody be like, doesn't that blow your voice out? No. If I played a show, drank some beers, left the show, went home, went to bed, no. I would wake up and there's no rasp, there's no weird, because hmm. it doesn't, I guess I do it the right way. Okay. It doesn't destroy my voice. The doing that and then 
standing out at a show and talking to everybody over the music. Maybe it's the house music. Maybe it's another band. I cannot do any of that. So prior to a show, I disappear and then hit my warm-ups before a show. And then after the show, I will, but I'm very, I'd rather get out of there <laughs> and go somewhere else yeah. so we can talk at a yeah. normal level. Because when you're, you're up here the whole time trying to talk over music and all that, I mean, you can go to a bar if you've been bar hopping. And you have a and couple be drinks, the next day, and you're, and you're yeah. yelling over the music yeah. all night, and whatever. You're like, oh my god! Or even going to a concert, you know, if you're the guy that's yelling all the words the whole time, it, you know, that takes it out of you. I've gone sure. to a lot of concerts where I'm like, ah, voice a shot. I was at a show last night. Oh, yeah. You're in a band? No, nope. just, yeah. nope. just singing in just the front row. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, just a fan. All right, let's talk about <laughs> 20 years. Yeah, um, you've played here. You've played regionally. Yep. Um, What's been the most fun thing? Don't leave out incarceration because I want to talk about that yeah. separately. But yeah, like, yeah. what's been the most fun thing or the most challenging thing over the twenty years of just trying to, trying to withstand and trying to stay together? Uh, the most challenging thing for sure is just the relationship aspect. You know, within the band. Within the band. Okay, for sure. That's the toughest thing because the bass player is the best looking, and he's, yeah, and that sucks. It throws off Nobody the whole. Wants, yeah, it throws <laughs> off the whole dynamic. You know, Nick's got the best hair. You know, uh, Nick does have good hair. Nick's got good hair and chest hair. You know, so he can do the deep V thing. Uh-huh. You know, he just looks rock and roll. You know, we have a joke uh, that uh, we're so we had the opportunity to play the Viper Room out in California. Yeah, um, that was a highlight for sure, uh, but. <laughs> I forget what the exact argument was, but we're always giving each other shit. Uh, Nick's basically my husband, you know, and uh, he uh, he said something, and I was like, I was like, okay, man, all right, just remember something along the lines of like, remember who's making this happen for you and whatever. Oh I was like, no, don't make me out cool you or whatever, uh, you know, joking or whatever. And he goes, hey, bud, this is the one place I ain't got to ask. This is this is the one place <laughs> I'm out cooling you every time. I was like. You're right, and I hate you for that. He <laughs> <laughs> could just walk in and sit down, and everybody's like, who is that? <laughs> you know, I could sit there, and they'd be like, hey, nudging me, who is that yeah. guy? <laughs> so he was right. He got me on that one. Are there uh, egos and stuff that get in the way? In a, I mean, I know I, certainly. Honestly, in like a- man, it has not been egos. It has been, I've had the best group of guys, really. Like, I've had some of the best and uh, I feel. Do you want to look in that camera and say, "Tell <laughs> some of the best guys uh, that uh, it's it's never really been ego. It's that you know, for one, figuring it out, at navigating music, mm. and trying to continue to do it at any level is always changing. There is no standard. There is no like, oh, you do this and you can make this much money at it and whatever. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And when you try to keep something going, uh, you know, it takes a lot of work for very little reward in the ways that you need it to keep going. Correct. All of the reward is in the connection, the opportunities, the network, the meeting of the people, doing this, Mm -hmm. uh, meeting fans, meeting genuine music fans that legitimately connect to what you're doing. That is 100% of the reward. And until you hit that point where you're like, oh, I do this all the time and it pays my bills or yeah. that, you know, I had a hit song and all of that. It, it is so difficult to find enough to really keep everybody motivated all the time. And we don't always know what we're doing, you know, for the longest time we had no clue. You get something exciting and you're like, this is it. This is what we got to do. And then it's a hundred miles an hour to run to that next thing. And you realize that like, that wasn't it or it's, you get, yeah. it's just another thing. And mm-hmm. you know, that becomes very frustrating. Uh, 
to do anything for 20 years, it's outlived a marriage for me. Uh, everybody's relationship, anybody, the, the three original members, all different relationships, divorces, and mm. uh, d- multiple girlfriends. It's a good advertisement for that, starting a, a local band. Yeah, right? right? Yeah, <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> Guys, <laughs> there's one way. Uh, no, but it is having a relationship with five dudes and their families and their relationships and all of that. So sticking this out has been the one consistent thing for all of us for 20 20 years. Yeah. That's a weird thing to think about, you know? Yeah, that's uh, a long time. Longer than I've known my son, and my kids are, uh, you know, young adults. Yeah. And uh, it's uh, definitely everybody else. Everybody else had kids after I did. And so it's literally outlived everything in our lives. Most everybody, with the exception of me, I think, lives in different places and all of this. That So what's kept you going? Because, I mean, you, you have a, a full-time job outside of the band that is yep. not – Pay right. your your bills, and yep. I imagine most of the members or yep. all of them have other full time jobs, right? Currently, your <laughs> yeah, currently your you know you're doing all this stuff. You're you're busting your ass, like you said. You're trying to do this, thinking this is the answer. This will yep. get us over the hump. This will get us. Yeah. What keeps you going? Why why keep doing it? The music. It's uh, well, you know, you always think. I, I think when you're younger, you think I can't do this when I'm older, or mm-hmm. you know. God, if I'm that old doing this or whatever. And then you hit a point where you're like, I'm too old. I'm too far into not like, what else would we do? Mm. We have something. Um, I, I'm very careful to say it, but some people use the term normies. Normies won't get it. And mm. it's not a, that's not yeah. derogatory. No. It's, it's, if you're a business owner, mm-hmm. you understand, um, especially if you're a successful business owner, you understand things that people looking at your business or shopping at your business will never see it that way. It's a normal perspective on what you're doing. And uh, once you see the other side of music or art, I think any art in that way, and you get to do these things that you never would imagine. You look at it when you first, when we first started the band, right? You're like, Oh, this and Oh, that. And you're Mm. looking at all of these things. Like it's impossible and then you get to do some of that stuff. And then when you really get into like the emotional side of it, you know, I write all of the songs, I write all the lyrics and that they're all real. I don't write about, I do write about other perspectives, but it's through my lens at all times. And so it's been an IV for me. And I was going to ask, is, is that something you feel like you have to do? Like that's your outlet. That's cathartic for you. 100%. That's, People go, okay. you don't journal or you don't. And I do a little bit, not like a daily journal and all that. I'm actually trying to make myself do more of that now because there's so many experiences that I, as you get older, you forget a lot of this stuff. Um, but for me, that's what it's been. I can timestamp everything. You can pull up our YouTube and go through the video and I can tell you where who I met, where, how I met the director or the producer and what who you was thinking, in the band at that yeah. time and what the song was about and where I was in my life. And, you know, was it a great time? Was it a dark time? Was there this and that? And, uh, it's all in the lyrics. And if you were to break down, uh, you know, if you're a lyric person and you get into that, yeah, it is, right uh, there is like an emotional poetic aspect for me and just the creative aspect of it. Uh, going into a studio, and we've done it a bunch of different ways, but especially with this most recent record, going in and just saying whatever happens is going to happen because you trust the people that you're working with and you feel like you've got the right group of guys to do it with, that's scary. You're on a time limit and you're on a budget, and 
we didn't say we have to do that. We just wanted to see what would happen over this amount of time and bring in a producer we had never worked with, with another producer that we had worked with, but he didn't really know how to, you know, mm. he had never done that, like flying somebody in that, you know, has done all this other stuff that, you know, and it was just like, let's put a bunch of creatives in a room together. And that is the most incredible aspect to me. Like, I wish everybody was forced to be in that situation, but not everybody gets it. Even some of my own bandmates and previous bandmates don't enjoy that part of the process. It's uncomfortable. It's mm. on the spot. It's vulnerable. It's you have to be, I don't know, so much prepared, but you got to be confident in that, you know, you're contributing good ideas and that, you know, you can't get in your head about it too much that what you're doing is getting looked at like maybe it's not good or any of that. So all of that really hits you in a way that you can't describe to somebody unless they've been in that situation. And I think if we interviewed other band members, they, you're right. They wouldn't have that experience. It takes a, yeah. a person and I don't even mean a special or, a, or anything like that, but it takes a different kind of person. I imagine to be the front man, the lyric writer, the songwriter, because you are doing that. It's you, you're putting that out there when you, you know, I know it takes I, I know yeah. it takes a whole bunch of people to make a band and mm -hmm. to make an album work. But when you play a show or when you put on that album, most people are focusing in on you, what you're saying, how you're saying yeah. it. Yeah, most yeah. people. Yeah, the average listener, if they latch on to the idea of the song, or and that's you know says a lot about pop songs, right? Mm -hmm. Most people just want to hear something that sticks in their head, sweet, sugary. And that they, you know, yeah. It's the one. It's the one line or the one thing mm. that they latch onto, and then they might dive in and learn all the words and whatever else. But it's really that was the one thing that grabbed them about it, and it's easy. And it's there's nothing wrong with that. I listen to a ton of pop music. What people would be like, what? <laughs> and I, I do. I like it. I like. I love a good earworm and a simple. Well, hook yeah. There's and simple lyrics, even cheesy country. A know? nice hook is undeniable. I, it's. I mean, it's. I, you know, it is yeah. what it is. I, and I'm not ashamed about it, uh, but the simplicity of that is what people latch on to. Right. And then, so if they're into the words and that, yeah, obviously I write all the lyrics. So, you know, yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of that. There's a band. Uh, do you remember the band envy on the coast? Oh yeah. Yeah. I didn't okay. think envy on the coast would come up in a podcast. Yeah. Uh, that well, I did, but big fan. Okay. Um, and he has a lyric in, uh, and I'm going to draw a blank on the name of the song. Cause that's I don't know I, him that well. That's to help who you I am. Out. Yeah. But, uh, says uh, this was never meant to be anything more than a makeshift personal IV. Hmm. You mentioned so, IV earlier, so I, that's... I okay. use that because it, it, it really is. It's like a, a, a life support to how do I get this out? I don't know how to articulate my thoughts a lot of times when I'm thinking it, but through song, I can really wrap up an entire concept that then we go line by line, and there might be like three stories uh -huh. within that song that, you know, came together, but line by line, that is, that is that kind of like continual, it's the, what he's saying was, you know, this was never meant to be anything more than like for it's me for you. Yeah. And then it took off for we're, them. We're getting and into now he's got all these eyes and ears on him. Yeah. So it's, my point was that, yeah, it's a lot of pressure and a lot of, it is a weird thing. It does. I guess it takes a certain person to me. It's just, well, write down your thoughts. That's who you, you know? are. Yeah. Yeah. So. We're getting into another podcast here, but I have a theory <laughs> that every band is an emo band. Okay. <laughs> You're not I mean, buying for it. Well, I mean. Listen I, to, re, this is going to, I mean, no one's listening. We're past not six by minutes, genre, right? But, but yes. Not by genre, yeah. but li, 
Listen to that. Six minutes. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Look at the lyrics for Master of Puppets by Metallica. Yeah. Tell me that's not an emo song. Not okay. by genre. Okay. Not by sound of the song. I'd have to be reading Of what people... I know well, yeah, it, that's, I'd have to be reading That's it. what I'm okay. saying. So when the Stranger Things episode dropped, of course, yeah, yeah, and yeah, Master yeah. Puppets is a great song. I've listened to it forever, but yeah. I've never really paid attention to the lyrics until... Uh, until he, what's his name, played it on the roof in yeah. Stranger Things, and right. I'm reading the lyrics, and I'm going, "This is an emo song." Yeah, you know, and that's what that's what you're saying. Those, it has to be right. Yeah. It doesn't have to be, but if those lyrics are personal and cathartic for someone, emo is just short for emotional, guys. It's not that's a bad it. word. It's yeah, not a bad it's word. Not a bad word. Okay, no, um, it's, it's really it was bad for music at the time. It, that it got coined as that. It's fantastic now, though. Yeah, I mean, it's all sure. the way back, obviously. Yeah. Hey, uh, side door. You mentioned yeah. the side door. You mentioned the gal. Yeah. Uh, you didn't mention the galaxy. But I assume that's in there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. High point. Yeah. Creepy crawl. Tell me, like, tell me a good experience. Was there like a life changing experience? Like one thing you mentioned seeing bands there and like, oh, if they can do this, I want to do it. Yeah. Is there one show at one of those places that it was really impactful? Yep. Mississippi Nights, whatever. Yeah. I mean, yeah, lots. But if it, you had mentioned the creepy crawl. Mm hmm. The creepy crawl for us was um, a launching pad. Sure. You know, it was the spot. It was dirty. Yeah. It was loud. Uh -huh. It was uh, acceptable Small. for kids to pack into this place. Yep. And just, you know, it was uh, somehow it was like, I don't want to say it was really well run, but like nothing, like it was just a great spot. It was okay. consistent. Right. And uh, I don't know anything about the business side of that place. And I knew the owner and, and uh, we're still friends with a lot of the staff that They've all gone on to do other yeah. things. and But that was a launching pad for us, man, to have this crazy hole-in-the-wall venue where these incredible shows were coming through. And was like, what is this, you know? Um, a local, uh, a St. Louis band that went on to be national, um, Calico System. Okay. They had the opportunity to open for uh, Code, se uh, Code 7 okay. and uh, Dredge. Oh, wow. If you know Dredge. Yeah. But Dredge is an all-time favorite of mine, and that's where we discovered Dredge. And uh, We're getting into, that, like, is that, like, would you call that, like, like sludge metal or stoner metal? What, or what? how would you? I don't know what Dredge calls themselves. Okay. You know? they, were, they were a one-off. There's never been anything like that. Yeah. You know? Um, but uh, it was an odd combination for the show, too, yeah. like Code 7 and Calico System. and um, But seeing Dredge and standing right next to the drummer, watching this show happen at the creepy crawl completely packed way over capacity. It was just mind blowing to us that we were like, we play this stage and what in the world, man? Like it was, yeah. So that's like a standout moment just cause you mentioned the creepy crawl. Yeah. And because that place was so influential for us, you know, Oh my gosh. The, it was like the first time we would pack that place and we couldn't believe we would, they're paying us. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, you know, they're like, Oh, well, here's what you guys made. And we're like, we just showed up and played. And like, you would have probably you done it for free, about? right? You know, oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, we thought it was cool because they would uh, put the little, uh, the box was about this big that they would put in the RFT, in the, oh, like, yeah. the classified yeah. ads for yeah. what shows were happening. Our name! Yeah, yeah. like uh, we would see whatever shows happening at Mississippi Nights and then the Creepy Crawl and that. And so, you know, it's a inimical drive at the Creepy Crawl on Saturday, whatever, you know, and we were like, yeah! Yeah. And then... Yeah, we got a stack of cash for this too, and a bar tab. We're like, what? You That'll know? hook you, right? Yeah. I mean, that that keeps that you coming us. back. Oh yeah. Um, I want to talk about so talk about the creepy crawl, right? Uh -huh. So let's go to what's probably the opposite of that, which was the incarceration fest, and that is ink, incarceration. So yep. we're talking tattoos. We're yep. talking. 
prison. Yep. <laughs> Tattoos. Set this up for me. Rock and roll. It's outside um, of a prison. It is outside of the Ohio State Reformatory. The Shawshank no Prison, right? The Shawshank Redemption Prison. Yeah. Which is no longer operational, okay. but it's set up for tours and, and things like that. Okay. Uh, and then the new prison is within vision of that. Okay. Which is kind of odd. But they said that actually they get letters from the prisoners thanking them because they can hear oh. the music. So literally Danny Wimmer Festival gets recognition from the prison being like, hey, that's awesome. Thank that's you guys cool. for doing this, you know. So I thought that was pretty cool. They hear like while we were there, I was like, oh, my God, that's so crazy. So who was the who was the it was a multi-day festival? Yeah. Who were the who were the Everyone. headliners there? One. Yeah. Like, <laughs> for us. It's unbelievable. You saw the poster. You you you, were, yeah. you came by the house and uh, to have that poster. You know, I'm a big oh, so I'm cool. a big fan as are you of memorabilia and collecting mm-hmm. these things. And I really try to hang on to that stuff because I do. I forget, man. It's been so long. We've done a lot of things. Not not as much as some, but we've done a lot of really cool stuff. Yeah. That uh, those little moments like that where you go, oh my god. So to have the big moments like that where I was like, man, we got added at the last minute. Okay. Um. And uh, typically, so submissions and those tours are being built right now. So submissions for bands that aren't just getting the big paychecks for those tours uh, are all going in right about now for end of summer, midsummer festivals. Okay. We got added maybe five or six weeks before that festival. Um, a band had dropped, and um, our management was able to get us on the bill. Nice. Great slot, too. Headlining slot on a side stage, of all things. Um but uh, the side stages are where it's at at those festivals, by the way. Yes. The, the main stage is cool, and you get to see the big acts. But yep. a lot of times at those festivals, there are so many people. and People just want to get away from it. And with the bands, you might want to see this band, so like you might miss the first few songs on the main stage. Yeah. The side stages, you can get up close. Yep. I mean, that, that's where it's at. And you can yeah. really discover, which I'm sure has happened, like a lot of bands that you didn't know about just for by sure. going to those side stages. Yeah, that's really sure. neat. Um, and it was a great setup. The side stage was in like the alleyway that you would go back to go to the tours for the entrance to the prison. Okay. So the setup of this place is wild though. So the reformatory is like this off to the side, this massive, really awesome old structure. And the grounds are like this 30,000 people just smashed into one giant square with two stages, stage a stage B, and then the outlet down here to go to the side. That's where the third stage was. And uh, when you walk in and see that, you're like, whoa, I've been to a bunch of festivals, but everybody in one spot, there wasn't any like, oh, let's go wander over and right. other than the side stage. Yeah. But uh, the big draw for every day, all three days was here and then here and yeah. then here and then here. Right. So pretty much, man, if you were camped out and had your spot, you're getting this incredible show. Yeah. It's a little... Uh, it gives you a little anxiety, to be honest. I mean, there was a ton of people. It was crazy. I love what you said about the memorabilia because you came over to my house for the first yep. uh, podcast that no yep. one will ever hear, by no the way. No one will ever um, I haven't even heard it. <laughs> you don't want to. Uh, somebody must have put something in my drink or something. But I'm not sure what happened before that. Uh, but I like I have all these memorabilia of, of shows that I've been to, right? Or uh, and it's signed and stuff. And you're like, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. And uh, you know, a few weeks later, a month later, I go to your house and it's like, oh, your band name is on that poster <laughs> with. Uh, I mean, I forget the names, yeah. but like obviously yeah, yeah. the Point Fest and the incarceration right. and yeah. I mean, there's some 
big bands that your name shares a poster with. It's crazy, man. Which is awesome. Yeah, we've been really blessed, too. Uh, 105.7 The Point. We've always had the support of, um, you know, all the... All the outlets around us yeah. have been great to us for so many years. Um, we've played nine point fests. Wow. People go, what? Nine how? out of and what, 27, go, 28? Fests are yeah, they yeah. Go, how many are there, you know? And I don't even know, but yeah. I think great. there's so some of that was through Pops. Pops has a local pop stage. Yeah. But then uh, we had the opportunity several times to jump on side stage from um, uh, being asked or had, um, we did the Pops thing and had the opportunity that, uh, that we got to play that. So... Um. Yeah. So it's pretty awesome. I got some of those massive posters hanging on the who's wall. The with bi- everybody who's from the yeah Rob Zombie? Drop some names. Rob Zombie to Incubus to Offspring oh. to Pod. To who's your favorite band that you've played that you've shared a festival with? Oh gosh, I don't know. It's, don't you're do a huge Incubus fan, aren't you? I am a huge Incubus fan. Yeah. Technically, they were on day two, so we did not play the same day. Your as them. names on the poster. But names on the poster. <laughs> so that's still cool. Um. Yeah, man, I don't even know. Incarceration wrapped up a lot of them, you know, yeah. um, which is cool, but I didn't get to see really any of them because, you You're know, we've got our working. thing going on. And, yeah. and like I said, I can't be in the middle of all that unless I'm going to stand there and not talk, right. you know. Yeah. Um, but we did get to catch quite a bit of it. Um, God, that was everything. Papa Roach, Falling in Reverse, Corn. Uh, I mean, you Jeez. name it. Yeah. They were at Spirit Box. I'm big into Spirit oh Box. Oh my right gosh, now. are they amazing or what? Yeah. And it was uh oh, Spirit yeah. Boxes. I saw them at a festival at Furnace yeah. Fest. Okay. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I yeah, I I'd heard them and I heard the album and I'm like, okay, they're cool. It's a girl lead singer. Um, yeah. which is it's not super rare in metal, but it's also always not super good. I mean, just yeah. to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, and yeah. she <laughs> shreds. Well, it's okay to say, right? <laughs> Is that not okay to say? I mean, there's a lot of dudes that are not that good either. (laughs) Sure, but it's got to be exponentially harder for a female lead singer to make it in metal, not just from like the music standpoint, but from like the touring and the and all the things. Fair or not, that's just what it is, right? Every time, every time when we see a band like that take off with a female lead singer, or or even friends that we know that you know, there's like a female in the band, it's always like, ah, that poor thing. Oh, I know. Yeah, that's got to be terrible. (laughs) Ah, you poor thing. Spirit box. (laughs) Oh wow, they they played the main stage of this furnace fest. It's like I'm gonna go check them out, and I mean that's the real deal, man. Yeah, and they they are getting some big opportunities to open. Uh, they opened yeah. for Every Time I Die. Yeah, Limp uh, I think they're on a, really? They opened for Limp Biscuit. That okay. tour got canceled. Something happened. So like midway, they got dropped out. Like the whole tour got canceled. Yeah. But yeah. But they're on another tour. I don't know if it's, it's another big metal band that they're either co-headlining with or supporting. But They are headlining this run and taking some heavy bands out with it's them. It's like Parkway Drive or something? Cool. Or? No, uh, I should know this. After the Burial. Okay. And uh, somebody else, which yeah. is awesome. After the Burial is awesome. Dude, but, uh, if you guys, if anyone listening to this likes metal, Spirit Box, Canadian yeah. band? I don't know. Let's go with that. Yeah, sure. It makes it add another element. Sounds good, eh? Sound cooler. <laughs> <laughs> that's how she screams. Yeah, that's There's right. There's an A after every... <laughs> that's right. <"A." laughs> um, so from, from 20 years being a band, incarceration, sharing the bill with these huge bands, yep. you've got a local show coming up. Yeah. On yes. January... January 13th. 13th. Brought to you that. by Local oh, 636. How about that? How about that? It's funny that how that works right out. There? Who put that on there? It's funny how yeah. that works out. That's cool. You know, no, part of it, honestly, I mean. And mascots. I want, and ma- <laughs> Of course, and mascots. We love mascots. I'm going to mascots for lunch tomorrow. There you go. Um, 
you know, not to get on a soapbox here, but part of the reason uh, that Local 636 came to be was promoting uh, Emory, which is a, a national touring band. And um, through the podcast that I had at the time and just wanting to do that more, just yeah. wanting to be involved. I don't want, can't play music. Yep. I mean, I can't sing, but I want to be, I want to be in it as much as I can. Yep. And so when you ask me about that, I'm like, hell yeah, that's yeah. A, this is an awesome opportunity. So yeah. talk about the show and what, what we're doing. And I mean, it is the record release party for, okay. from solitude. So, um, a year ago, if, if I can believe that, um, it was over a year ago, we came out of the studio, did five songs in the studio. Um, I touched on that a little bit earlier that, uh, Brought in a producer, uh, flew in a producer that we had never met, but came reference from good friends in, in, in our network. And uh, Matt Appleton, shout out to Matt, uh, the best. Um, and uh, flew him in to work in a studio in Cape Girardeau with our good friend uh, and producer Jack Daniels, Sick Tone Studio, shout out Jack. Um, and wanted to see, we knew we wanted to do a record and we knew we wanted to take this marketing and promotion of this record as serious as possible because we had just come back from California and we had this great experience and we're all on this high of like, it lines up now again to be active, you know, mm. when juggling everybody's lives and everything you got going on, there's a lot involved. So there's times when we were super active and then there's times where it's like, ah, we should probably put a song out or, you know, or can we go back into the studio or, you know, what, you know, and I think everybody goes through that, especially if you've done it for any, anything over 10 years or even five years, you know, you're, you're deciding how much time you can put into that. You yeah. Know? Um, so anyways, decided we wanted to do this record and, uh, it was just such an incredible experience. Um, and it's produced your highest charting single. Uh, I mean, I just saw the spot Spotify stats, or I don't know what you want yeah. to call them, but it's yep. twice as many yep. streams as anything you've put out. Yeah. Uh, first, dead on me. First song for us to break 100,000 streams. Which, Incredible. To break 100,000 legitimate streams, to know that somebody listened to that song over 100,000 times blows my mind. It's crazy. It's um, cool. I, I'll be honest. My, my kids, you know, I listen to a lot of the same stuff you do, heavy. Yeah. And so, you know, the kids aren't really into it. I've got two small girls. Uh, but every once in a while, there's a song like a day to remember a lot. Um, yeah. Some other bands where they, they've just got those hooks and they'll, they'll have them. They'll actually ask for the song. A lot of bear, um, not Beartooth, but Silverstein has a song with the yeah. guy from Beartooth. Yeah. Yeah. That's super catchy. Uh, right. I think it's called burn it down. Yeah. They asked for that one. They started asking for dead on me Yeah, love because it. it's so catchy. It is <laughs> so it. catchy and it's, you don't have to know it's three easy words. Yep. It's, it's a great melody. Yeah. And uh, it works, man. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, and you opened with that it the last the, show. Yeah. Ballsy. Yeah. Well, it was the new single at the time, too. Yeah. You know, or it was the one that was like, well, it was making a difference, you know? Yeah. So, you know, hey, that first six minutes, right? I, <laughs> everyone's going to the Kick bar after the that anyway. yeah. <laughs> uh, No, it was, it was crazy. So when we started doing, uh, started deciding like, okay, we got to start putting riffs together, right? We're a band that writes riffs and Nick writes the riffs. And then we start tossing around ideas and start formatting, you know, where, where's it going to go kind of build a structure typically. And, uh, then everything else that kind of starts popping off and, uh, that's, he had that riff. The opening riff is also a hook in itself. Yes. Yes, it is. And when we first heard that, I was like, Oh, what is that is swanky? Like, what is that? I was like, that is this difference, like this bouncy kind of, and you just automatically, yeah. you know, your head just kind of starts yeah. going. 
And so we had that idea and then we thought, well, what else do we got? You know, we're going in, we're going in blind. We didn't have any songs written. We're going to sit down and we're going to sit down with a producer that we've never met who has done some of our favorite records, like, uh, Atreyu, Lead Sales, Paper Anchors. Oh, wow. Uh, I didn't the, know that. Yeah. The Used, uh, yeah, their biggest record, uh, and so on. Worked with Story of the Year, Avenged Sevenfold, uh, has done Wow, in Goldfinger and in Real Big Fish is a horn player um, in both of those bands. I knew Matt Appleton sounded familiar. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so we're bringing in a ska punk uh, guy from the East Coast who has worked on all these West Coast records that we love and some of our favorite records. And, yeah, there's uh, a lot of Orange County, uh, Atreyu. Oh, very and, much so. So uh, he, was in the, yeah. he was in the John Feldman camp from yeah. Goldfinger. Yeah. And John produced some of the biggest records sure. for yeah. emo, Again, screamo bands. And all story yeah, of the year. Exactly. And uh, so anyways, to have that connection in the first place was like, oh, my God, what is this going to be like? And then you start to look into it, and you're like, well, he's done all these records, so I can't wait. I can't wait to find out, you know. So anyways, then it's like, oh, man. We got to, you know, what are we going in with? We get, like, we got to be on it to, you know, we got to have riffs. We got to have some concepts and ideas. And, and, uh, so anyways, he picks, we, we sent a batch of riffs and ideas, you know, and he was like, okay, cool. Well, it'd be a good starting point. You know, we'll figure it out. And, uh, he gets to, um, uh, the first three or four and that one was not on the list. Oh, and we it went so well that we wrapped these songs uh in record time and energy is at an all-time high and that was the last one that was like we could knock out another one what do we want to do next like well this was kind of the original idea you know and uh so needless to say to watch that song come together in the studio um i was talking about it earlier but uh, I think I was working on lyrics and working on something else and c- had come back in and Matt had laid down the idea for that hook and uh, was like, I got an idea. <laughs> and I heard that and was like, what in the, I'm going to do that? Like what? It was so like just out of left field for me. And it wasn't really, but it was so refreshing. You know, yeah. it was like this really cool take. I heard that initial riff and I thought it was going to be the heaviest thing we had ever written. Mm-hmm. And clearly it's not. It's not. It's aggressive in like a punk rock aspect Mm -hmm. kind of, you know, rock and roll aspect. It's radio friendly though. Yeah. But uh, yeah, then it just, it just came together. And it's funny. We instantly knew it was like, this is an opener. This is a closer. This is, this song is what we want everybody to hear. Anywhere but the middle of the set. For sure. You know. I listen to a lot of uh, podcasts about music and musicians and stuff like that. And it's funny how many times it's that last song, the song that wasn't going to make the record. Yeah. The song that they go, yep. we need another one. Let's yep. throw something together in 15 minutes, and it's their biggest hit, or yeah. it leads off the record, or it's the hit single. Yep. And so it's so funny even to say on a smaller scale band yep. that that remains yeah. true. Yep. That's crazy. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah, you just don't know. Yeah. You know, that's part of the Mysterioso, right? You know, like, you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. And then something like that happens. Or what's like, going to stick. Oh, my gosh, man. This is just, is just something completely new and completely refreshing and will definitely shape our approach and has shaped the approach how you do uh, things as in the we're future going in yeah. writing more stuff so let's um, pump this event but, let's but talk yeah. about how we can get tickets and, and yeah. what's going on so, you're doing a vip thing uh, as well yeah we're gonna do yes we haven't uh, announced the packages for that yet uh but we've got some uh 
pre pre bundle packages for pre orders. Um, you're gonna get a physical CD. I know that's oh, a big what deal. Is, what do I do with that? Yeah, <laughs> clearly you put a ribbon through the middle and hang it on your Christmas tree. There you go. That's awesome. <laughs> so next year, it's you know shows in January. What yeah. can you do? Uh, but uh, yeah, so uh, actually gonna have some physical CDs this time. Very we just cool. Thought that that is cool. We're doing some sure. other cool little promo things that'll be in those bundles. Um, but the full record, and since we've hung on to this as long as we have we're still putting out singles mm. so we have the title track from solitude will actually drop on the day of the show oh cool uh so as another single uh and then we did two additional songs to add to the five songs that we had so we did a reimagined version of the title track of our last ep enemy okay um and then we did a stripped version of our single nothing I've, new which I've was heard the about these yeah. these are the strip okay yeah so, okay. so we've added those. So, you know, we know our core people and we know that they're always into the inside of, you know, yeah. they want, you know, they're, they, they want as much as we can give them on this stuff and, more and Joel. we appreciate more that. ID. Yeah. More, <laughs> it's not Joel, it's more Dan. <laughs> more Dan. Always comes back to the bass Need player. More bass. Where uh, can we get to this? Is that shows at Diamond Music Hall? January 13th, Diamond Music Hall, uh, our homegirl, McKenna, uh, Mac on the mic from 100.7, the Viper. They have been excellent to us. She is the best. She's always promoting us. And, uh, um, and then local 636 and mascots helping promote it. It's, uh, we're forever humbled and just grateful that we get to do it. Diamond music hall has been amazing to us and we are as 636 as you can get. We're all from here. Um, with the exception of one now, but this is where it started. And uh, the three original members are all from St. Peter's, actually. So, And let's plug, uh, we can see you every Thursday at yeah, Mascots. Yeah, every Thursday at Mascots. Uh, Jen and Rob are the best. Please support them. And Presto Wine Bar now in Old Town St. Peter's. Um, they're the best. Uh, I've known Rob for many, many years from this area. And uh, I, <laughs> he reached out to me uh, kind of post-COVID, after everything was done, kind of being weird, you know, that uh, they were looking for somebody to host bingo. And it started as, like, <laughs> extreme bar bingo and uh, has now turned into music bingo. And uh, you've been up there. It's so, super fun. But yeah. It is a blast. Uh, if you're coming on a Thursday night, I host, and you got to make a reservation. It's packed all the time. You do have to make a reservation. Uh, That's right. Yeah. Eh, you should. It's a good idea because yeah. a lot of people walk in and walk back out because they can't find a table. So, yeah. um, but it's a blast. And, you know, we've had a lot of fun with it. McKenna's actually doing it uh, every other Friday up there now. Oh, and, cool. And, and that. So, yeah, we've... Uh, We've had a good time with it, and they're great people. So they also, Rob was like, absolutely, can't wait to promote the show for yeah. you and all that. So, yeah. Awesome, man. Um, but, yeah, tickets online, all the socials, and Emical Drive. Uh, find us anywhere. If you can spell that name, you'll, you'll – Good luck. Uh, we'll put we'll – Go put to some, Local 636, yeah, 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 and yeah. then <laughs> – We'll put some links yeah, in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the, and we're going to be doing heavy promotion for that. Um, i got a bunch of stuff that we're going to be rolling out over the next couple of weeks. So uh, we'll be easy to find. Dude, second time's a charm. Second time's a charm. Thanks we'll have for to joining do a third. Me too, man. Yeah, for sure. You After know. the show, we'll do a, a wrap or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome, for sure. Man. Thanks for coming out. I appreciate you, appreciate bud. you. Yeah, that was a but miss. That, yeah, yeah. That's like a, <laughs> uh, there we go. And there it is. Yeah.